0: Welcome to the podcast from Church of the Nazarene. Please subscribe to this podcast for the latest updates and new episodes. And you can also search for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. We also invite you to join us each Sunday morning at 9 on our YouTube channel. You can also join us in person at 9 or 1030 for our English services or 1145 for our Spanish service. We also invite you to join Celebrate Recovery every Monday night at 630. Thanks for listening. It's really good to be with you today. Now, just to be honest with you, I, I haven't made it to this part of the country very often in my life, um, especially as an adult. And so uh, it's just been fun the last few days. Um, to be honest with you, there's been times where I wasn't exactly sure where I was at West Virginia, Virginia. We went hiking, and they said, Well, now you're in West Virginia, now you're in Virginia. Now you're... And anyway, I just, I have thoroughly enjoyed spending time with all of you, and there's some things I've learned about all of you through the last few days. One is, you all like to eat, (laughs) because I have eaten so much in the last couple days, from a Friday night to a wild game feast to um, all sorts of, last night I was hanging out with some friends and new friends, and they were... uh, Just going to kind of spill my heart here a little bit for a few minutes, because really time doesn't matter now, because there's no service right behind this one. So so people give North Dakota a hard time about how we talk a lot now, and so I've been trying to be very careful about not making fun of how other people talk, Um, but last night in the conversation, there was many times where I had to stop the conversation and say, now what did you just say, and what does that mean? Uh, But... I tell you what, I've got to hang out with Chad and Micah from this church. And they're just just real deal godly people. And uh, I'm just so grateful for them hosting me and allowing me to hang out with them. And it's just been fun. Um, I am a North Dakota State University fan. Like, um, we don't have professional sports in our area. So uh, all seven of us people in North Dakota are all (laughs) North Dakota State University fans. Um, And we get fired up about it. And my desire is to win the whole state of North Dakota to Jesus Christ. So I got a new challenge now. I'm going to try to do it wearing a James Madison University sweatshirt, and just see how that goes. Um, but it's just been awesome. Your pastor, you need to hear this. You know it, but you need to hear it from me. Uh, your pastor is the real deal. You're blessed to have the pastor you have, no doubt. No doubt. I get the opportunity to travel all over the place and speak in churches and. And I want to stress this, when you have a good pastor, because, listen, we're having more pastors stepping out of ministry than those who are coming into ministry. And the weight on pastors today is near impossible. Um, the expectations are so high, and they're, you know, they're trying to be all things to all people. And to be honest with you, and I can say this because I'm, I'm leaving tomorrow. Church people are tough sometimes. <laughs> And it's an impossible task sometimes for pastors. And so I want to challenge you to this. Like, love your pastor. When you have a good pastor, keep him. Figure out how to, how to keep him. And so um, it's just been fun to get to know him. And, and I found out he wasn't an outdoorsman, but I like him anyway, you know? <laughs> <laughs> He's just uh, fun to be around. It's interesting, as we look around in the world around us today, I think you'd agree with me that we're just living in a challenging time, right? Uh, like, you can't help but look around us and watch the news and just realize that we're living in a difficult time and it, I don't know if you're like me I got I got 3 young kids um and the world that they're growing up in is so much different than the world I grew up in I look back and the things that were wrong now seem right and the things that were right now seem wrong and and then it just seems like you know people are pitted against each other and And you'd think by this time, you know, there wouldn't be so much hate, and there wouldn't be so much racism, and there wouldn't be so much division. But we're living in this this crazy time where we're drawing lines in the sand, and it's like you're either on our side or you're not, and we're just pitted against each other. And you'd like to say that that just takes place in the world, but we know this. This has infiltrated the church, hasn't it? And if you don't believe me, just think back to our last political season and all that took place during that. And and if that doesn't convince you, think about like what took place during COVID and the divisions and the walls that came up, even in the church. And again, I, I have a heart for pastors that tried so hard to seek God and lead during that time and and it's just a difficult time. And you can look around and say, man, things are, things are difficult right now. But then you see glimpses of hope, right? Anybody paying attention to what's going on in Asbury right now? Like there's a real deal revival going on where God is moving on a group of young people. And, and it's like spread out to other universities. And God is doing something really neat. And, and wouldn't you, like me, just agree that, that we come to a place and say, God, we would love for you to do that here. We would love for you to just come in our midst and move in such a powerful way that the only explanation is God showed up and did something powerful. See, Scripture says that this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servant, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. And listen, we're seeing that all around our country right now. Wouldn't it be something if God did that right here in Virginia? Where he just outpoured his spirit on us. And so don't you think it would make sense that maybe today we'd allow the Holy Spirit to come into this place and just do a deep soul check on us? To look deep into our hearts and see what's going on inside of us today. Because you know this, right? Whatever is going on inside of you is eventually going to come out of you. Whatever's taking place inside of you today is eventually... Now, now, we do a good job of like covering up in places like this, right? Like We come into places like this and, and people come up to you and our whole language changes. Like People come up to you and say, like, well, how are you doing today? Well, I'm blessed, you know? Now, I grew up, there were seven of us kids in my home. <laughs> and I can remember on Sunday mornings as my mom was getting all of us seven kids, and you can imagine what that was like. My, my mom getting all of us seven kids ready for church, and, and in the midst of it, she was like threatening our lives, and you know she was <laughs> spitting on her hand, combing her hair, and wiping the smudges off of us. And, and my mom, all the way driving to church, she had like the longest backhand in the world, like... Like, she could reach all the way to the back of the van and smack you if you were, you know, not talking right. And, and so all the way, we were going through this to church, and then we'd step into the church building, and someone would come up and be like, oh, Sister Leslie, how are you doing today? And my mom would be like, well, I'm just blessed. And all us kids would be like, what? You just tried to kill us, you know, on the way to church. Now, listen, my mom's a good, godly person, so I'm not saying anything against her, okay, Mom? but we're good at covering those things up right in atmospheres like this but the reality is, is when the pressures of life come whatever's really going on inside of us is eventually gonna come out of us when our kids just push us to the limit parents sometimes things come out of us that just aren't right when our coworkers just do things that we just don't agree with things come out of us sometimes that just aren't good let's be honest spouses right sometimes when there's friction we say things that we know full well that Jesus wouldn't say and the reality is is what's ever inside of us is eventually going to come out of us Jesus says it like this in the book of Luke the good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart for out of the overflow of his heart his mouth speaks in other words whatever's going on inside eventually is gonna come out I got a buddy that I used to play softball with Softball is the great revealer of what's really going on inside of somebody, you know? So for us older, out of shape guys, so we can still live our dreams, right? And my buddy, he was a good shortstop, and and we'd come into settings like this, and he knew what to say, and he could say all the right things, but when we'd get on the softball field, and things wouldn't go right. He would always cover up his mouth with his glove, and curse words would come out, and he would say horrible things, even to the point where, like, moms on the sidelines would cover their kids' ears, and I'd pull him aside and say, like, listen, man, you can't do that. You can't do that. And you know what his response was? Almost every time. I can't help it. I can't help it. Because I got anger issues. My father was an angry person. And he'd just pass it down to me. And, he's, and he would say, I'm, I'm just an angry person. I can't help it. And you know what the reality is? is? He was right. <laughs> he couldn't help it because it was in him now what's so interesting as we read through the Gospels we see like the different personalities and the things that were going on inside of the disciples by the things that came out of them I mean a great example are James and John right sons of Zebedee they were fishermen and we know that they were two guys that were probably full of pride because of the things they said they were always starting arguments with the disciples like who's the greatest you know could you imagine that They'd get in these discussions and arguments with the other disciples when Jesus was just a little bit off and they would start talking about who's the grace. They even brought their mom into it. You remember the story? Their mom goes up to Jesus. Hey, Jesus, when you establish the kingdom, which one of my boys is going to sit that you're right and which one of my boys is going to sit that you're left? And it just ticked the other disciples off, you know? And so we could say they were probably full of pride because of what came out of them. And of course, you have Peter, right? Peter was... It's one of the most well-known ones that we know what was going on inside of him. He always said the wrong thing at the wrong times, and he'd fly off the handle, and he would curse at people. And and so we could probably say that Peter was probably full of anger because of what came out of him. And then, of course, you have Thomas, right? (laughs) Anytime something exciting would happen or anytime something good would happen or God would move, Thomas was like, I doubt it, (laughs) you know? I doubt it. Hey, did you see what Jesus did? I doubt it. And so we could probably say Thomas was full of doubt because of the things that came out of him. So my question for you, and don't answer it out loud because it would make it awkward for everybody, but when life presses you, when things get difficult or challenging or when things don't go your way, what comes out of you? And we can chalk it up as well, it's just who I am. And the reality is, yes, that's who you are. And you can say things like, "Well, I just can't help it." And the reality is, "Yes, you can't help it." Because Jesus said, "Whatever is in you is going to eventually come out of you. And so I can't help but wonder, like what took place in the disciples' lives who were full of pride and full of anger and full of doubt? What took place in their lives? To where those guys went out and they literally changed the world and brought the message of Jesus Christ to the world. What took place in their life? And I want to find out what that is, and I want it to take place in my life. You know why? Because I'm a mess. <laughs> I'm a mess. What's awesome is we know exactly what took place in their lives. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to open up to the book of Acts. have your Bibles, I want you to follow on closely. Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 4. We're going to find out how someone like Simon Peter went from cursing at a a young girl and denying Jesus to stepping out and preaching a message that saved 3,000 people. How someone like James and John can go from being full of pride to actually going out and serving the world even to the point of death. And this is what took place in their lives. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven. And if you're following along with me, say it with me. And what? Filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were, say it with me. Filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit and enabled them. After this took place, those disciples who were full of pride and full of anger and full of doubt went out and changed the world. Now, as you look at this passage of Scripture, you see the word filled. This isn't a trick question. You see the word filled in just a few verses how many times? Exactly. Twice. You see the word filled twice, and we read it in our English translation, and we just assume it's the same word, filled, right? What's so fascinating about this passage of Scripture is this was written in the Greek language, and, and those two words for filled are completely different words in the Greek. The first word for filled is the Greek word row." Everybody say play row" with me. Ready? Play row. You're all Greek scholars right here in Virginia. How awesome is that? Now, that word for filled is this idea of, like, you go back out to the sanctuary, go around to the coffee station, and take your cup, and you take the little, little coffee maker, and you push that little pump. You're going to what? Fill, play row your cup. It's like an outside container full of something, filling another container with what's ever in that container. So tomorrow, when you go to work, and you go through the Starbucks, or whatever coffee line you go through, Say to them, play romeo and Americano <laughs> to see what kind of response you get. It's the idea of like a pitcher filling a cup of water. And there's so much significance to that. Like this outside God, you know, who they couldn't touch all of a sudden came in and filled like a pitcher of water filling a cup, filled that room. That's the first word for filled. But we're going to focus on the second word for a few moments this morning. And it's a completely different word. The Greek word is pimplemi. Say it with me. Pimplemi. See, you guys are geniuses now. And it's a different kind of field. In fact, we don't see it as often in the New Testament or in Greek writings, but that second word for filled, that pimplemi word, is the idea of if when something's filled, it's so full that something eventually comes out of it. It's like the idea of saturation, something being so completely saturated. In fact, we see that word. Uh, When Jesus was on the cross, and you remember when he was on the cross being crucified, Jesus cried out, I thirst. And you remember what happened? It says in Matthew 27, 48, immediately one of them ran and got a sponge, and he filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a stick, and offered it to Jesus to drink. Completely saturated, that sponge. And so I want to give you a picture of this. This is so incredible. When those disciples who were full of pride and full of anger and full of doubt were up in that room waiting for God to show up, and the Holy Spirit came and filled the room just like a pitcher dumping into a cup and filled that room. The Holy Spirit came, and this is incredible, came and completely filled Pimplimi, completely saturated the disciples. Every nook and cranny of them. Now, every time I do this, there's somebody that says, Hey, listen, I had to use a restroom when you did that. And you did that noise so just out the door and around the corner. But the Holy Spirit completely saturated everything to where Peter, who normally had anger come out of him, all of a sudden had something different come out of him. And he got up and he preached a message where 3,000 people gave their lives to Jesus Christ. And like a sponge, every nook and cranny in them, every part of them was so full of the Holy Spirit that they just got up from that place and they literally just dripped Jesus everywhere they went. Jesus said to them before he left, he said, listen, I'm going to send you someone. And he's just like me. And he's gonna come alongside of you, and he's gonna empower you, and you guys are gonna go out and do even greater things than me. And that's exactly what happened to them. They became so saturated with the Holy Spirit that all of a sudden there's no room for anger, there's no room for pride, there was no room for doubt. And the things that came out of them were not of them, it was of him. And they literally dripped Jesus everywhere they went. i to be honest with you. I feel that's what's missing in the church world today. We're trying so hard to figure out this broken, messy world. And, and we think, you know, if we, we just do these three steps and we're going to get it together. Or if we just like cover up some bad habits and we're going to be okay. But it's better than that. That God has offered us this incredible gift to be completely saturated with the Spirit where everywhere we go, we can just drip Jesus on people. I told you I'm a father. I got three kids. I got a a daughter who's 19 years old. (laughs) She's my little girl. Uh, I was thinking this weekend as Chad and Micah's kids, every morning about six o'clock in the morning, you can just hear footsteps running across. I'm down in the basement. You can just hear footsteps running across the floor. And and I just have like this emotional tug in my heart, like, oh, I'd give anything to hear that again. My 19-year-old daughter, I spent most of my life thinking that what my 19-year-old daughter, what my little girl needs is a an example because they told me that your daughter's going to marry somebody just like you. And I thought, well, my daughter's a lucky person then, you know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I thought, you know, what? i got to give my daughter stability and i got to be a good example because I know someday she's going to find that special someone and I'm going to threaten his life for a little bit, but eventually I'm going to accept him into the, into the fold. But, but I was convinced that what my daughter needs more than anything is just a good example but I discover what my daughter needs more than anything, anything, is a dad that's so full of the Holy Spirit. He just drips Jesus all over her. And when I have those conversations with her and those, those moments where we get together and we just have heart to so heart, I, I want my words to be Jesus's words. And I want my actions to be Jesus's actions. And And when I embrace her, I just want to splash Jesus all over her. I got two boys, an 18-year-old and a 16-year-old. Yeah, pray for me. (laughs) And I love my boys. And and me and my boys, we go out on all these adventures together, and we hunt, and we fish, and we howl at the moon. and, And I love being with my boys. And my boys play sports, and they're really active in sports. And And I used to think that what my boys need more than anything is a dad who can take them out and teach them what it means to be a man. So I go out in the backyard and I play catch with them and and I take them out and I teach them how to hunt and how I fish. and, And for a time I was convinced that that's what my kids need more than anything. But you know what my boys need more than anything? Is a dad who's so full of the Holy Spirit. It's been completely saturated head to toe that I just drip Jesus all over my boys. And when we go on these great adventures together, I'm just, I'm just splashing Jesus all over them. And, and the words I use are the words that Jesus would use. And my actions would be the things that Jesus would do. And, and even when I discipline, because that happens sometimes, right? Even when we discipline, I want to discipline the way Jesus would discipline. And, and I want to be so full of the Holy Spirit that it just comes out of me. And I'm a husband. I used to think that to be a good husband, you just got to provide stability and, you know, you got to provide for the household. And I've tried to do that for my wife, but I've discovered what my wife wants and needs more than anything is a husband that's just dripping Jesus all over the house. That when I talk to my wife, I use the same words that Jesus would use. When I embrace my wife, I just splash Jesus all over her. Wouldn't it be something... If a mark of this church is that those people are just so full of the Holy Spirit that everywhere they go, they just splash Jesus on people. You know, it's interesting if I, if I took this sponge and I, and I completely saturated it and, and we'll pick you guys out in the very back row just to pick on you. I want you to get ready for this, all right? I'm going to throw this sponge at you, Okay. So, brace yourself. Here it comes. I'm just kidding. I can't throw that far anymore. But you know what would happen if I did, right? If I could throw this sponge all the way to the back and, and hit the people in the very back row, what would happen? They would get soaked, wouldn't they? When they got hit with that sponge, it would splash all over them. They couldn't help it. But not only that, everybody in line, all the way back there, would get dripped on from what's in that sponge. Wouldn't it be something, church, if we were so full of the Holy Spirit that when we got up on Monday morning to work, and nobody likes to get up on Monday morning to work, but when we got up on Monday morning to work, we were so full of His Spirit that everywhere we went, every stop we made, every encounter we had, we just were so full of his spirit that we would just drip Jesus all over everybody. You see, in this broken world, I'm convinced this is what the church needs today. For far too long, we've been fighting with each other and fighting with the world. For far too long, we've been trying to figure out how to, how to make things right and how to change things. All the while, our Heavenly Father has given us this incredible gift And he says, listen, you can be so saturated with my presence that everywhere you go, you can splash Jesus on people. Husbands, that's what you need. Wives, that's what you need. Parents, that's what you need. Grandparents, that's what you need. Business leaders, that's what you need. Employees, that's what you need. Those of us in the church, it's exactly what we need. Look at the life of the disciples and... And they were going around splashing Jesus all over people. And we, we get to Acts chapter 4, and Peter and John at this point had had come up to the temple. They were going to pray, and they came up to this gate called Beautiful. And at this gate, there's a man who was laying there from birth, and he was begging for money. And, and in that day, that was the only way he could provide for himself, because he couldn't go out and get a job. And so he was at this gate for year after year after year, begging for help. And And you remember the story, Peter and John walk up to him, and this is how we know they were good Nazarene preachers. They said, hey, listen, we don't got any money. (laughs) But what we have is so much better. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you get up and walk. And they just splashed Jesus all over this guy. And the crazy thing happened. This guy actually got up and he walked. And you remember what the reward for Peter and John for doing this was? Not a pat on the back saying, boys." It was they were arrested, brought into the religious elite's uh, chambers, and they were roughed up, and they were told, you guys can no longer preach or teach or heal in the name of Jesus ever again. And if you do, something worse is going to happen to you. And do you remember their response? (laughs) This is incredible. We can't help it. We can't help it. I mean, just moments before, Peter was denying Jesus to a little middle school girl. And now in the face of persecution, he was saying, listen, something so significant has happened to us. We can't help but talk about what we've seen and what we've heard. It was in them. And so they go back to their church and they have a prayer meeting. And they pray, God, would you just fill us again? And listen to what happens in Acts chapter 4, verse 31. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And the result, they went around and spoke the word of God boldly. In the midst of persecution, in the face of death, in a time where they were saying, you guys no longer can talk about his name at all, they just went out and dripped Jesus everywhere they went. I'm convinced this is what our world needs. is men and women who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ to say we want to be so saturated with your spirit. We want to be so filled with your spirit that everywhere we go in our households, every interaction we have, when we leave our house and go into the work world, everywhere we go, we just drip Jesus. And so what do we do, right? How do we do this? I wish I could just stand up in front of you and be like one of those evangelist that kind of waves his hands and everybody gets a spirit and falls backwards, but it's never happened. It's better than that. It's better than that. Jesus gives us the solution to this. See, there was a moment where Jesus was speaking to a large crowd and he was teaching them many great things and and then I can't help but think that he that he looked over at a father who had his son embraced and and standing next to his son, and he looks at this crowd, and he says, Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, we will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, we will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, get this, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I love to give my kids gifts. My kids, they'll they'll come up and even as teenagers, it's hunting season comes around. Hey dad, can I get a new gun? No, (laughs) you know. Dad, can I get get this new fishing reel? Well, save up for a buddy, you know. But there's moments where I love to give my kids good gifts. But Jesus says, listen, you fathers, you know how to give good gifts to your kids and you love that, But, but get this. Your heavenly father is crazy about you. It's amazing. How much more does your heavenly father want to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit? You just have to ask him. So, my wife and I, a long time ago, we just decided that we're going to take that to heart. We want to be good parents. My kids are depending on a mom and dad that are full of the Holy Spirit. They are. I wanna look at my wife the way Jesus would look at her and talk to her the way Jesus would. So, so my wife and I decided a long time ago that we're just gonna ask. We don't understand always how it works, but we're just gonna ask. In those moments where we, where we pour into people and we give and we give and we give and we, and we pour into our kids and splash Jesus on our friends and family, we get to a point where we just feel like there's no more to give, we're gonna go back and say, Father, We need you to fill us. We can't do it without you. I'm a mess without you. Things come out of me that aren't of you. So would you just completely saturate me with your Holy Spirit? And he does it. So my challenge for all of us today is wouldn't it be something if a mark on this church here, whether we're in Virginia or West Virginia, I'm not even sure anymore. Maybe it's the line right here. But wouldn't be something of a mark on this church wasn't just like, oh, they got great volunteers or they're good people. But wouldn't it be something of a mark on this church is, man, they just everywhere they went, everywhere they go, they talk like Jesus and respond like Jesus and love their community like Jesus and they just trip Jesus everywhere they go. I'm convinced we'd see people saved. We'd see people sanctified. We'd see people healed. We'd see marriages put back together. We'd see the revival that we've all been praying for. And so maybe, just maybe this morning, we as a congregation just ought to ask, Holy Spirit, would you just fill us completely head to toe, saturate us where there's no room for anger or pride or envy or lust, no room for doubt, no room for anything other than you. Would you completely saturate us? So I'm going back to North Dakota tomorrow so I can make you all uncomfortable. And you're probably not gonna come hang out with me in North Dakota, I'm guessing. So I want everybody to stand up. I'd like everybody here to bow their heads and maybe just allow the Holy Spirit to come in and squeeze next to you and do that deep soul check. And I wanna ask you today, would you just like to ask our good, good Heavenly Father to completely saturate you with His Spirit. Maybe you know there's just some things coming out of you that just aren't right. (laughs) Or maybe you just know you got some attitudes or some thoughts or some things going on in you that just just aren't of Him. And so maybe today you just wanna ask Him to completely fill you. Maybe you just have felt like you've given and given and given and you just feel a little bit dry. and You just want a freshen feeling of the Holy Spirit, just like the disciples did over and over again. And so I'm going to ask you of this. If you want to ask the Holy Spirit to come fill you today and saturate you head to toe, I'm going to ask that you just come up and stand around this platform. And I get it. Not everybody feels comfortable with that. And if you stay in your seats, nobody's going to look down on you or judge you. But I got to believe there's a good number of us that would just love the Holy Spirit to do what he did in the life of the disciples and completely saturate us. So if you want that, just come stand around the platform and then we're going to together ask the Father to fill us with His Spirit. Father, I think all of us would acknowledge we're a mess without you. There's things in us that we can cover up for moments, but there's some ugly things in us that just aren't of you. We thank you for your amazing grace. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you that you don't leave us on our own. God, I thank you that you want to fill us We don't know exactly how it works, but we believe your word. We trust you in this. God, I believe if you can do this for the disciples who are full of anger and pride and doubt and all sorts of other things, and make them into new people, you can do this for us today. So we're asking, like a child comes to his father, we're asking in the name of Jesus, would you just completely fill us Every nook and cranny in us, every part of us, our thought life, our words, our actions, would you would you just go deep into our soul and completely saturate us so there's no room for anything else but you? We mean this. We we look at the world around us and it breaks our heart, but but we know you're bigger than this world. So would you saturate us to a point where everywhere we go, even as we leave this building when we just drip Jesus all over everybody would we drip Jesus on the person who's serving us at the restaurant and we drip Jesus over our spouses and our kids and our grandkids and our co-workers. and God in those moments where we We just feel like we've given and given and given. We just come to a place where we're dry. We're going to come running back to our Heavenly Father and say, Father, do it again in us. Fill us. We can't do it without you. I pray for Pastor Adrian. We thank you so much for him. God, would you fill him? He's got an impossible job. Would you fill him so full of your presence that, that every Sunday as he gets up to proclaim the Word of God that it's your words, not his words? When he's getting the sheet bites, that, that he would respond in love. And God, in those days where he just feels dry, would you just so fill him? And I pray for his family. I pray the same thing for his family. That you would just so saturate him with your Holy Spirit. God, I love this group. As we're seeing across the nation, you unleashing your Holy Spirit, would you do it right here? Would you send a revival to this church and may it spread out into this community? So our only explanation is we serve a good God who wants to fill us. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. Now may we go out of this place and everywhere we go, just splash Jesus all over this broken world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. Go ahead and subscribe to our channel for updates and new episodes. And if you have any questions about our church or ministries, go ahead and email us at info at cotnaz.org.